Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 153 of Gaming with Grief. And I'm calling this episode the Elden Ring Finale Discussion. But before we get to that, I just want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m., so please go there, leave a comment below the episode, uh, let me know what you think of the show. You can also download and stream the episode from the website, so I can't believe I didn't uh, mention that 154 episodes in, but if you just want to listen to it there, you can. You can also write to me at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, so yeah, you can write me an email. Again, let me know what you think of the show, maybe have a game you want me to review or something like that. You can also find... Find me on Twitter at JustLittleJoe. I'm on there. And you can subscribe to the podcast on either Apple, iTunes, the Google Play Store, and I'm on Spotify. So go to those places. Give me the stars, the reviews, things like that. And yeah, I mean, this is basically my personal thoughts about Elden Ring. I did not complete the game. It is very difficult with From Software games. Well, not difficult. I mean, they are beatable. But to sift through the lore, to come to a conclusion i really wanted to hear my friends out again i've said this several times on past episodes or at least the past few episodes that it is amazing to me how many of my group of friends are playing this game some games they don't play from software games my wife doesn't play from software games many of them were playing the game for the first time and uh, some people uh like uh, our friend wes who was on last week you know had never played a from software game and was like just blown away and on new game plus plus three and 300 plus hours in the game is like really falling in love said he didn't want to go back and play other from software games because why why would you do that i guess i don't know anyway um i kind of wanted to hear everybody out you know because i i i don't listen there's i'm listening i've been listening to a lot of podcasts you know i listen to a lot of gaming coverage and there's been a lot of talk of elden ring just being this automatic lock for game of the year now uh, I think Elden Ring is an amazing game and does something that few open world games do, which is, and I think I mentioned this before, when you find a, a map fragment like Limgrave West or whatever, they show you the topography, the trees, mountains. What's over there? Is that a temple? I don't know. Uh, there's a bridge here. How do you get up to the bridge? I don't know. I got to explore that. You can put your own markers on the map, merchants, things like that. A lot of this may sound familiar. Uh, if you played Breath of the Wild, that's the same feeling. And, and I don't know. I tried to look online, uh, but I didn't see anything. Maybe there is a type of open world game this is. Maybe there is a phrase for what this is. But I think part of the secret sauce of Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring is this sense of exploration. And not in the, whoa, they designed this really cool thing over there. They did, and obviously they put it there because they want you to um, they want you to find it and interact with it and have a good time. And, and they want those water cooler or internet or Twitter moments now of, I don't think people work in offices nowadays, so it's probably not a wallet, water cooler moment. But it's the idea that, did you see this thing? And I said it several times when I was talking to my friends. When they would describe an area, a place, something like that, they would say, oh, you just go here and there's this thing. And I said, I don't know where you are. I haven't seen that. And to me, that is a powerful way to design a game. To just say, hey, there's going to be some things that we spent, I mean, years designing that people just will not see. I mean, I heard in Elden Ring there's an under there's an underground labyrinthian environment i've seen some dungeons here and there but i've heard you take a large elevator down and there is just this whole underworld explore i don't know where people are going i don't know what uh you know where they're finding these entrances 
So that is a completely mind-blowing thing to know that like I'm 35 hours in, 32, 35 hours in. I don't know where that is. I don't know where to find it. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I'll ever find it, you know, unless I watch Walkthrough, which I kind of like just riding around trying to find things out for myself. Um, to me, that and and just like Breath of the Wild, I think there's, um, you know, a big reason why that keep, Breath of the Wild keeps getting brought up in the conversation for Elden Ring. It's this design of like, if this clicks for you, if you see all this, if you like this, hey, it's here for you. You know, if you want all of this, it's good. We're good. It's a good, uh, it's a good, you know, go explore. Uh, you know, Breath of the Wild had the physics system, you know, so if you caught a patch of grass on fire, it would cause an updraft. You could get your parasail out, fly over somewhere. I mean, tons of stuff to interact with. Anyway, um, that is so powerful. And I think it was the one thing in Breath of the Wild that people mentioned, like, hey, when are other people going to rip this off? And apparently it took till 2022 when Elden Ring said, we're going to do that. Because I can't think of another game. Maybe there's been some small indie games that I forgot about. I haven't played every game out there. But there's this feeling of developers really, really, really holding your hand a lot of putting an, uh, a question mark somewhere or an exclamation point or a check for treasure. And part of me understands why they do that. They're like, listen, we have, like Ubisoft, they have teams around the work world working for years on these projects. And an art team in Singapore probably spent a year developing an underwater cave system. So the designers said, you know, the narrative designers probably sat down and said, okay, you know, we should probably do something with this underground cave system. Let's put a mission here and mark it here because we don't basically want to just say, well, uh, too bad you didn't see it, you know. Um, now, of course, again, there's videos going on on YouTube about you can find anything. Is this what you want? Here it is. So I could find those things in Elden Ring. But there's kind of this boldness to just say, no, parts of this game you're not just going to find. There's a bunch of optional bosses. I summoned into a circle early on. I mentioned it in one of the earlier uh, podcasts where I summoned in and I was blown away. There was a prisoner there that shot big orbs of fire at me and I just beat him. It took about two hours, but I got him finally. Um, and uh, it's stuff like that of like, hey, what does this do? <laughs> It, the whole game is a, a series of red buttons that say, should I touch this? Maybe I shouldn't touch this. Okay, I'll touch it and find out. I think the, you know, the, hmm, I don't know how I want to put it, the idea that From Software could have enough confidence or at least instill that confidence in people that were funding the game like Bandai Namco and other people like, no, it's okay. We don't have to tell them about this whole underground labyrinth system. It'll be there, and people will find it, and they'll find it miraculous. That is a testament to design, and I think it's something that more games maybe should utilize more. You know, should every game be like that? No. But I think maybe take elements of it. I think that is powerful, and I think for me, and this is going to sound really weird, for me, this is the most positive part of the game. Well, I don't know if it's weird. It's my opinion. Anyway, this is the most positive part of the game. The fact that I'm really blazing a trail in this place and I am trying to figure out, uh, you know, what is happening, you know, like how to get to here, how to, oh, I found this, I found that. Everything feels, you know, you feel like an early explorer uh, that is really like a stranger in a strange land trying to figure out what is going on, you know, and I like that. I like that a lot. Now, here's some of the things I don't like about the game. 
and I think it is unique to people that are fans of a franchise. I myself am a fan of From Software Game. I gushed a few episodes about Bloodborne and how I like Sekiro, and I've deep dived into the lore videos, and I, I like Demon Souls, the idea of putting the ancient old one to sleep. I got the ending, and I've read all those, and I've read the forum posts, and I've read how, how people feel about the endings and how to interpret things. I think it's amazing. I don't feel that connection in this game. I think because it is an open world, the narrative in a way is kind of sad, scattered and kind of, I don't know, I want to say, you know, uh, it, it, it does matter. And it matters why these people are here and why they're doing what they're doing. But because it's an open world and because of just the fact that um, it feels like the other games are puzzle boxes, for better or worse, right? So you're in this, uh, like in Demon Souls, you have a hub world, a nexus. You can teleport to each world depending on uh, what you've unlocked. And maybe you, if you unlocked a new world, you're like, I don't want to go back to Bulletaria 1-4. I want to go back to the Mines 1-2 or whatever it's called. Um, that is kind of um, amazing in a way because you're trying to figure out how these each environments act as a puzzle box and you unlock them and you figure out secrets. And it really feels like you're putting a Rubik's Cube back together but i think with elden ring because it's an open world they have this amazing um feeling of discovery but i just feel that um things just feel um well you know what going back to the idea of death and dying and grief uh, um you know obviously this that's what this podcast is about but also i think from software has this theme of these things happening over and over in their games you know i've talked about them before you know again they're a puzzle box and you're trying to put things back together not even really make them right because there's different endings but you're trying to put things uh in an order it seems like this is my big takeaway it feels like with Elden ring i'm not doing that it feels like i'm like like i said you're an explorer trying to figure out what's going on but i don't feel the weight of my consequences you know you wake up in a tomb and someone talks about being the elden lord and you're like Sure, I guess, you know, um, the one thing that Breath of the Wild has over Elden Ring is the fact that when you wake up from your uh, the sleep chamber or whatever, and you go out into the land, you look over the Great Plains, the thing in the middle of the map is the Hyrule Castle, and it's got purple black swirling around it, and someone says, you, you know, you meet a man, you walk down a hill, and there's a guy going, Ganon's pretty rough, We got you gotta take care of him, look what he's doing to everything, look at that place, you know. So it immediately just draws your eye going, okay, there's my goal. Again, and it, look at this place is desolate and whatever. With Elden Ring, I don't get this sense of like this foreboding. You're just kind of like, well, I'm kind of in the lands between. I guess I'm going to, I guess I'm just going to run around. It feels a little bit listless. Like my actions feel less important. You know, like I don't need to be there. And I know being the chosen one is a trope. It's overused. But, um, the, I guess the wander is a less... What I'm trying to say is it feels like my action... It doesn't matter what I do. Um, within other From Software games, it feels like that trope of being the chosen one works in those games. That it's like, hey, you got to put this puzzle box together. You don't have to do the right thing, but we have to somehow click these pieces into place, you know? And with Elden Ring, I don't feel any of that while I'm going through the world. It feels like I'm literally just... Well, here's a big bad. I got to go beat him. I guess I got some runes I could level up. Um, am I putting something together? Now, again, I haven't seen the endings of Elden Ring, and you could be yelling into your your podcasting service of choice right now. Uh, don't pull your car over. Uh, but you could be like, if you saw the ending, you would see that everything gets set right. But I think because, again, because everything is so wide, 
I don't feel, it doesn't feel like I'm making any headway. So immediately from the beginning of Demon Souls, they say, hey, this, this place is messed up. They have a little intro. This is messed up. And it seems like the intro for Elden Ring is just some uh, royalty got killed. I mean, good luck. It was a rough day for them. But, you know, hey, uh, if you want to go around, I guess you could do that. Sure. It, it feels like the worst D&D campaigns I've gone in where you think there is a thousand people that can do this. You know, in a good D&D campaign, in my opinion, I've talked about it several times on the podcast, or any good narrative... You, you shine a mirror on the, uh, the protagonist and say, this affects you and your family or your village or your kingdom. You have stakes in what is going on. And I felt that in Demon Souls, you're kind of like the chosen one, hoping to put everything right, but you're one of many, right? But you, you, could, uh, you could do it. You could put uh, everything together. Um, in Bloodborne, I've gone over and over against that. You know, this you're part of the cycle. You can break the cycle or be part of the, you know, be part of the problem or the solution, basically. In Sekiro, there's definitely something crazy going on, and you're trying to put things back to make this prince, whatever. You're the protector of this prince, and it's important to you to be involved in the story because you've cared for this boy for his whole life. It's important, you know. Things like that to me are important. And in, in Elden Ring, I just feel like, you know what, if I left. And the other thing, even though, I mean, Breath of the Wild again, is probably the nearest comparison, and I'm going to keep bringing it up. So I apologize to anybody that's listening and going, stop bringing up Breath of the Wild. You would see people fighting Breath of the Wild. Not a lot, maybe a little. I mean, not as much. Uh, Elden Ring, you see it, same thing. Not as much, whatever. But it just feels like, I don't know if this game is an analogy for, <clears throat> excuse me, for purgatory or what, but it, it, it feels like there's no stakes, you know? I don't know. It just feels like I'm literally listless through this land. And even without diving into the endings of the other game, it was kind of imparted unto me that what you need to do is important, and you need to you need to go on this quest to fix things. And Elden Ring, I just feel like I'm riding a horse around for some reason, you know, and that is rough. Now, I, you know, again, you're probably yelling into your podcast service of choice, saying I don't get it. I didn't look at the ending. I'm sorry. I don't have time to play a 90 hour game, but um. I mean, that's just how I feel. I mean, you know, when you play something for 30, uh, 30 hours, you should start getting an impression of like, I want to keep playing for 30 more hours. Or, you know what? I got other games I can play. Now, that's not to say that I've stopped playing Elden Ring, but, you know, this is how I feel at this point. I'm probably going to take a step back and try to play some other games. So um, another thing that people talked about have been, you know, this is basically just combat from Dark Souls, right? There's been some murmurings online. Some people on podcasts have talked about that I listen to. Um, they added a jump button cool a jump button and again to go back to my point about you know fans of franchises sometimes overlook flaws of the franchise and i am a from software fan but i think that this kind of is the point for me where i'm very disappointed with the combat and um to be honest i didn't bring this up with anybody else but from software has made six or seven games i'm trying to count demon souls uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2, uh, Sekiro, Bloodborne, and Elden Ring. So this is the seventh game in this kind of like Soulsborne series that they've done. So let me just go over this. The setting for each one, Demon Souls, Medieval Europe. Uh, Dark Souls, Medieval Europe with some horror elements. Dark Souls 2, Medieval Europe with some horror elements. 
Dark Souls 3, medieval Europe with some horror elements. Bloodborne, Victorian, England, Gothic setting. Sekiro, feudal Japan, horror, mythical, whatever. Elden Ring, um, medieval Europe. Uh, okay. So that feels, it, it doesn't feel as distinct to me as the break from like Bloodborne to whatever. Um, I think Bloodborne and Sekiro to me were unique because of their setting. The fact that like, oh man, this is kind of like new, this kind of, you know, this Victorian England gross, wet, bloody place. Much different than Dark Souls. Not to say things in the Dark Souls series weren't grotesque and dark. They were. Uh, but to me, that was kind of a departure. And then with Sekiro, you're like, oh, their take on feudal Japan, this like weird mythological, there's a giant carp in the game in Sekiro that you find. You're like, this is, what is going on here? You know, there's a dragon that wraps around part of the world. It's gold, you know, this, what, it's insane. And then to go back and go, okay, um, this is a version of medieval Europe. You know, um, it kind of feels, uh, I'm not even going to say a step back because, the amount of time it took to design these things it just they hit less and less because of the setting you know and and i understand for them it's hard to be like space we're gonna go to space now you know i guess we're gonna go to space so i'm not gonna say this is a criticism i'm gonna say for me this setting did not hit as hard because i've seen their version or versions of medieval europe a lot and not even in their game, in other games. So it's like, I mean, I've seen a lot of, yeah, there's a cool glowing tree in the distance, and that looks cool. And I've, I've said it in the past podcasts, but when I was talking to people, the enemy design that From Software does continues to amaze me to this day. Like, what the creatures they design, when you go into a swamp and you're like, what in the world is that? I'm going to have nightmares now. Or what is this? Or a creature will come out of, you know, tall grass and stab you you're like what is happening what is happening what is that thing that cannot be understated you know the one of the enemies is a giant crawfish in this holy crap and it looks grotesque it's got the from software stamp on it like to me that is amazing you know but i think too even though this game looks beautiful as well i mean it's running i played it on the xbox series x people are playing on pc it looks beautiful, but I also think that they've kind of turned down the color, and on a new system with new hardware, I think it's okay for things to be vibrant. I don't think anything here looks bold. Like, even when you see colors and you're like, whoa, that glowing tree looks amazing, it's kind of muted or turned down or, like, color corrected to, like, sap all the, like, light out of it. And listen, I'm saying this right now. I just came back uh, from an event with my wife. We went to the Imagine Van Gogh event where they literally have these massive canvases on a rolling track to present his paintings in like 4K. They're beautiful. They're huge. So I'm coming back to look at it like that. But like if you can take something from the 1500s and make it look so vibrant and that you can reach out and touch it, I think they should have brought some of that into Elden Ring because now it just feels like everything's kind of muted and dead, which again, may go into the themes of this land between that is neither here nor there. But like, I don't know, there's something about design that just doesn't hit as hard for me. Now, again, that's not a criticism. I'm not saying this game is trash. I'm just saying it's hitting less hard for me. And on top of it, uh, during all the games, whether it was the design of Sekiro or the Hunter and Bloodborne or even some of the Dark Souls or Demon Souls armor sets where you're like, that set of armor looks amazing. I want that. I have not found, personally, again, this is my opinion, not a criticism, 
I have not found a piece of armor that speaks to me on an aesthetic level where you go, yes, I want to look like that. I'm kind of like, well, that just kind of looks like a rusty piece of plate mail. That kind of looks like a ratty piece of leather. That wolf's head looks good, but because it's not vibrant, like I said before, or has some stark color contrast to something like that, that, that armor's all blue. That's nuts. It doesn't make me want to push forward and uh, attain that armor or do that quest line or something like that. Um, a lot of the weapons look amazing, though. I'll say that again. Um, you know, like some of the weapons have like bean weapons. You can shoot fire out of them. You put a dragon head on your arm and shoot fire. Something like that is like totally amazing to me that we could just do that. And it looks great. It, it's it like the weapon design is like, in my opinion, the creature design, a major positive where you're just like, and they really went all out. There is a sword that is a bunch of rusty swords together. And it blows my mind that they're able to do that where it's just rusty sword after rusty sword. I'm like, or you know, sword after sword. And everything looks unique and different. You're like, these swords look amazing. This sword looks amazing, you know. Um, to me, that's a positive. They did an amazing job doing the weapons where you're like, I want to use that, you know. Um, that's great. Um, I think another thing that doesn't really hit for me is... Um, you know, the combat is the same as Dark Souls. I mean, I mentioned this a little bit before, but like there doesn't, like with Sekiro, there was the posture system, which was amazing. So they, everybody had a posture meter. When that got maxed out, the person would take a knee and you'd be able to do a visceral attack on them and do a lot of damage, right? And they could do it to you. I had it done to me on some boss fights and it sucks. There is a poise system in Elder Ring. So the more damage you do their poise drops and they take a knee you hear the exact same sound effect as bloodborne or one of the from software games so you're like okay that's a cue i'll hit this person but because there isn't a meter to show what is happening that is hidden from the player and feels less significant i don't know how many times i was fighting a Sekiro boss and would look up and see that posture meter and going i just got to get two or three more hints in and they'll max out their posture but they are very aggressive and you'd plan and things like that. And it felt so significant to get that last hit in where you'd see the red dot so you can take them out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and on top of it, like in Bloodborne, if you attacked, you got a little bit of your life back. There was like these reposts where right before they attack, you could shoot them. And it would like break their posture and you could do a visceral attack. With items and things, they brought that back to Elden Ring. But because you have to get an item to do that, that feels kind of like, okay, well, yeah, you could get your life back by attacking these people but you got to go on this long quest and get an item and it's just like come on man that was just a mechanic in one of your other games you know it's weird um and then two can i just say right now i'm um <coughs> i know there's side quests and other from software games I'm totally fine with that but again because these things were puzzle boxes that i felt that i was figuring it out side quests didn't really matter um to me you know and in elden ring they don't matter either but one thing I'll say, it seems like more in Elden Ring, everybody's being incredibly obtuse. And people that defend from software games go, well, you know, they, that's how they design games. They're supposed to be obtuse. You know, now, was from software supposed to design something where the person just tells you, hey, go to this keep, get this ring and whatever, and they mark on the map? No. But even Breath of the Wild did a thing where you had a journal that you could look at and be like, you have talked to so-and-so. And I remember playing Outer Wilds a long, long time ago, not finishing the game, but you had a little in-game computer when you were in your spaceship. In that game, you fly a spaceship around and uh, explore planets. So if you found something in a planet that was interesting, it that note would be a different color than other notes, and it would say, 
hey, there's still more to check out in this area, you know? And there could have been something like that, I think, in Elden Ring, where you um, you would mod a journal, you would put a journal in or something, and it would, like, you talk to so-and-so of so-and-so, um, you know, maybe go check out the runes. Like, there's tons of ways to do that. Instead of just, you know, this person's going to say this really cryptic thing to you, and maybe when you come back, they're going to be gone, but you need to do this. And I think that is exacerbated, again, by the fact that this is an open world. So instead of this tightly designed, incredibly shortcutted area, uh, they, they, these people have scattered in the wind. And I have no idea except reading a walkthrough or trying to find something that, like, figure this out. And that, to me, was really frustrating. So, you know, is this the game of the year? I think so, absolutely. Very few games, again, have the kind of, like, you know, confidence to say, this is how we're designing this game. You have to figure it out. But I think for me, seven games into the series, I want something else from From Software. Now, I'm not going to be the guy on the podcast or even on this podcast or talk to my friends. I don't want to put, you know, I don't want to put any kind of, you know, a lot of people are like, what's next for From Software? And I think that is a terrible conversation to have because, you know, they're what, two months out, three months out from the release of this game, and they're probably exhausted and just want to sleep more, and maybe they're prototyping something, whatever. I want what you think is amazing to give to me. You know, uh, that old joke about gaming, and I've heard in general, hey, I don't know I don't know what you want from me until you give it to me, and I'll buy it. You know, and Elden Ring, I do want and play, but to me, it, it they're starting to hit less hard from software games. You know, it it's, um, it, it, I think it really needs to be shooken up in a way you know, because it, everybody says, oh, they put a little element of each of their games in here. They did, but I don't think that they, and they learned lessons. And I'm not going to say the wrong lessons. I think for me, the problem is since so stuff, so many systems and things are ob- obfuscated and hidden from the player, I think that was redundant. But anyway, things that are hidden from the player, it seems to hit le- like less hard for me and get, and it's harder to immerse myself in the world because so much is being hidden from me, you know? And I think that is why um, Elden Ring, I guess, probably, I haven't beat it yet, maybe my game of the year, I don't know yet, but I think it is a special game, and I think the type of design, the open world design, I hope more and more people kind of experiment with this idea of, well, let's not tell people what is around the corner, What can't? how can we share that information with the player to make it significant and meaningful to them? You know, I want more of that, and I'm hoping after this that From Software says, we could do this better. Like the open world idea. Maybe there's some DLC for Elden Ring or something where they go, all right, we're actually going to tell people you need to go here. You know, stuff like that. I think would be pretty great. You know, they patch something in where they tell you where the NPCs are now. So they probably went back and forth and said, yeah, we should probably tell them there is a merchant up here. And they put an icon on the map. Now I know probably some fans are very upset about it, but I find it good of like, okay, I know where this merchant is. Oh, I can turn this in. And I, and I don't know. So um, it's stuff like that that I think they'll continue to refine. So I guess all in all, to wrap up, what I'm saying is this. I don't think Elden Ring is this crap game that, like, I don't think it's stupid for people to find this game to be the best game of the year, the most meaningful game to them. I mean, who am I to go out there? And I'm not going to, as some people said, yuck people's yum. I'm not going to, you know, crap on you for liking the game. I just feel like for me, uh, it is, like, it's starting to get to the point where, you're like, I kind of have seen what From Software can do, not with the open world, but with their mechanics. And I want them to try something new with their mechanics. Um, and I don't know how that's possible or what they're going to do, but I want them to surprise me. So I think 
if I was to rank all the From Software games, I don't know if I can do the whole list. I still think Elden Ring's like three or four in my list. I think Bloodborne is still top tier. Sekiro, I think, with the posture system and just the way you navigate through the world and the fact that it's this weird cyclical thing and the story of whatever. Anyway, I think Sekiro's number two. Uh, yeah, and Elden Ring's got to be number three. Um, and I'll say this. The Demon Souls remake is amazing and beautiful. And if I could put that on the list, I know they didn't really make the Demon Souls remake. Blue Point did. But that would be on the list between three and four if I could do an asterisk. Um, and then kind of the Souls games in order because I think they get better and better as they go. Um, but yeah, I think that's it uh, for this week, guys. So if you like Elden Ring, play Elden Ring. Enjoy it. Don't go online and be a jerk and talk about if you if people like it, they're stupid, or if you don't like it, you're stupid. I think all that conversation is dumb. I just wanted to have a discussion about this and <clears throat> tell people what I thought about it and to say that, you know, I'm really split with this. I think this is one of those games, I've talked about other games in the past where, like uh, The Last of Us Part Two. I don't know how I feel about that game. And not in a, oh, I don't know if it's a really good game or not. Mm, people really hold uh, Naughty Dog in too high of a regard. This game sucks. If we start talking about The Last of Us 2, Part 2, or even Part 1, I'm going to want to talk to you for about 30 or 40 minutes about what you feel about the game story-wise and all this, how these things come together, mechanics. It will start a discussion, and I think keep it a, everybody says start a discussion, but keeping a discussion going, I think, is another important thing. Like, every time you mention the game Inside, I want to have your drink of choice with you and talk to you for about 45 minutes about the game. Um, Last of Us Part 2 and Last of Us, well, the Last of Us series are the same way to me. Elden Ring is the exact same thing. I wanted to wait on this one to get my friend's opinion to really talk about them. And maybe if more people are out there that are feeling a certain way about the game, maybe we could sit down and talk about, like, really? Do you really think this is good? And challenge me and say, no, man, the way they did this parry system of you have a shield is revolutionary. Hey, I'm all for it. That's all I want. I just think the discussion needs to keep moving forward, and I think it is. So, again, I'm not yucking anybody's yum. Go play the game. Love the game. Game of the year. Great. I'm just saying that, for me, it's not. So, yeah, that's where I am. And I don't even know what my game of the year is right now. I mean, I'm still just got a PS5 like a month ago, so I'm playing games from a long, long time ago. I think I'm going to try Returnal next. I actually heard that has to do with grief, so that might be my next thing. So um, I think that's it this week, guys, but I want to remind you that this podcast hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Please go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the episode. You can also listen to the episode there and download it from the website if you want to. You can also find me on Twitter at JustLittleJoe, so go there and interact with me there. Uh, you know, when I'm on there. Uh, I don't have a lot of followers, so it shouldn't be hard to find. Um, also, you can subscribe to the podcast on either Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, or Spotify. And you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think of the show there. And I think that's it this week, guys. And I will talk to you again next week.